Uh, afternoon, everybody. It's uh, Wednesday today recording, but you'll be listening to this hopefully from Thursday when we may have just published a little bit of news with regards Racing League. Um, and it's been a bit of a crazy week. Um, I suppose we better do the quick fitness update. Rebecca, how's the fitness training going? Um, are we still on the fitness training or has the fitness training just started to slip away? Slightly slipping away. I haven't done anything this week, but it's only Wednesday. But I still don't have any abs, which I just think is unfair, to be honest. Well, you can blame that on lockdown and there not being anything else to do apart from exercise and eat. Um, talking of exercising, um, we are with a very enthusiastic uh, friend of ours and a friend of racing, hugely popular well liked in all corners which is actually not an easy thing to say about people that work in racing um we're joined by nathan horrocks today of equine productions and jockey cam fame nathan good afternoon how are you good afternoon team um, it's actually good morning here in uh, california at the moment uh, so uh, I'm, I'm very happy to get up early and, uh, and speak to all of you guys and uh, i love been loving all these podcasts that everyone's been there kind of putting together through lockdown. It's been great how our racing community has, uh, you know, come together and started to chat about horse racing on, on a wider scale. Yeah, and um, we'll, we'll have a chat as to how you ended up uh, in California, because only a few months ago, you were still making the Lambourne to Chepstow trek on a regular basis working for EP. But um, just to quickly kick off, um, just just for some of the listeners i can't believe there's anyone who doesn't know who you are but just in case there's anyone listening who doesn't um your background is is racing your old man was a jockey um so the first question we we had really that came to us is did you know from uh, a young age that you wanted to work or be involved in racing one way or another no um i didn't i thought horse racing was for old white rich people um <laughs> growing up even in even in middle of north yorkshire which is a you know a, a training center for for horses you know um i looked around and you know none of the people that, that were kind of in the sport kind of were thinking or you know kind of looked like i i thought i wanted to be you know wanted to be really um i was into skateboarding break dancing surfing counterculture stuff really you know and um, i was always escaping to you know where i am now really you know california looking at uh, counterculture stuff really and, and looking at how that was um you know that always had a had, had a, a draw towards me however you know i got i got to the age of 16 and um you know my father would take me down to the um you know down to evening stables and that's when the you know the bug hit really was the was me stood next to this powerful animal you know, the thoroughbred and I just fell in love immediately then and uh, you know I knew that that was that, that was going to be for me so I um you know I, I I got a job in racing like like a, a couple of my other friends did from from school uh, a guy called Tim Hogg who actually works for Jed O'Keefe we, we sat next to each other all through school and and we also uh, enrolled at George Moores together and um you know he's still in Midland uh, and still working with with horses but um you know I um you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, become a jockey like my father once I got the bug and uh, did that for a while. And um, and then slowly, uh, you know, um, started, you know, to fall in love with with uh, making images, you know, later on in life, you know, when um, when when cameras were cheaper and, and much easier to, you know, to 
to, to, to put together and um, start editing this stuff ourselves. And then, then EP kind of uh, was formed in, uh, in 2012. And back to the break dancing, would you like to give us a quick demonstration? <laughs> <laughs> it's going on YouTube. <laughs> Unfortunately, Rebecca, yeah, unfortunately, Rebecca, uh, my breakdancing days are long gone. Um, yeah, I, I struggle to, uh, to even do the dad dance these days. Um, so, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm still always looking to see what, um, you know, the, the new trend is. I, you know, I, I, I try not to stay out of touch. You know, I've, I've got a you know, 12-year-old stepdaughter who's mad into TikTok and everything that's all, uh, you know, that all, that's all trendy at the moment. And um, I always try and see you know, in what way we can engage, you know, our new audiences, because, um, you know, I don't, I want racing to be relevant all the time. And, you know, if we just take it back to the, you know, to, to, to the reason why I'm in it, you know, if we always take it back to the love of the thoroughbred or the love of the, the animal, we'll always um, have an audience. It's just that we need to um, find a way of uh, getting that message across. Yeah, definitely. Um, can you tell us a bit about your time as a jockey, like who you rode for? Or usual yeah sure it was it was pretty it was pretty short-lived uh, I rode for around about 10 years um, I started off with an absolute gentleman of a you know of a guy a guy called Chris Thompson who told me some you know sort of taught me some some great values in life um, and it was it was a great grounding growing up there in, in Spigot Lodge a very famous uh, you know training yard in, in Middleham and where Carl Burke trains now yeah. and um, it was great uh, you know having that grounding there and then I moved on to uh, Mickey Hammond who uh, was, was still very, very successful up in the north and was, was a powerhouse at the time uh, when I went there. Um, but the, the thing was, uh, Rebecca, it was, um, you know, I went into, hall, you know, being a jockey, thinking that it was going to be, um, you know, do what my dad did. My dad was very successful on the flat and uh, I, was, I went on jumps because of, of weight and height and everything. But um, I, um, you know, I didn't love it like a lot of other people did you know I you know I enjoyed it and I enjoyed riding the winners but being a jo being a jockey and especially a jump jockey and a journeyman jump jump jockey in the north was extremely hard it was you know and, and I'm not undermining any other any work of life because all, all jobs are hard in, in, in every shape or form but that freelance world you know never knowing when your next paycheck's coming your next ride's coming and um, the dieting and, and the, the traveling and the falls and also the heartache of being, you know, jocked off and and all of this stuff really that that really play, played its toll on me really as a as a as a young guy, you know, coming up through the sport. You know, I just probably wasn't made of of tougher stuff, and and that's the thing really. You know, jump jockeys are, are supposed to be these kind of uh, gladiators and um, you know these these hard men of of, of the sport. And um, if you didn't live up to that um, persona, you know, you would, uh, you would dissolve and that, and I definitely dissolved in that, in that world. So I, um, looked at, looked at another path and, um, you know, I became a work rider for Mark Johnson for about eight years and, um, rode some fantastic, uh, horses like, you know, Double Trigger, uh, Shamadal, who went on to be, you know, a, a famed, uh, a famed stallion and, um, and the likes of, uh, Attraction, you know, the, the, the 1000 Guineas winner. And so it was, it was fantastic to be part of that, team and then in them in them glory years at, at mark johnson's and, and deirdre johnson's yard and um and uh you know then then moved on into uh in, into the in the moving images uh, world so uh it was a great time being up north but um i, I really kind of found my feet when i uh, got behind the camera yeah where did the um where did the first i mean obviously you said before that you, you had a passion for 
the imagery side of 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 the game but um where did what sparked that you know one day did you just wake up and thought you know what we we can cover this in a different way or i can get something out of it where did that and then subsequently the idea of equine productions come from well I, I'll, I'll tell you when exactly when it was i was uh, it was late late one night i was watching a channel four uh, documentary series on short films and uh, they were showing award-winning films that these uh, filmmakers had made and um there was a guy called mickey finn who's uh, and you can look this up it's called the dark side of the lens and um, it's, a, so it's only a short film it's two and a half minutes long it's a poem and it's, it's, it's basically a love letter to um, surf photography. And um, it was him basically talking about his, his, his love of, of, of filming um, surf photography and, and, and also uh, you know, surfing in, in general. And um, it, I, immediately I, it was on the internet and it was a YouTube sensation. So YouTube had just hit, it's 20, you know, 2012. YouTube, YouTube had been around for a while, but I could, you know, I could kind of see this thing coming in. You know, like music, people make music in their bedrooms these days. You know, it's gone out of the studio. It's the same with uh, filmmaking. You know, you can pick up a camera now. You can use your iPhone. And I, and I say this to any person that wants to get into this, this sport or, or, or this game is, you know, if you want to make moving images or tell a story, you have that device in your hand now. You can do that now. Um, obviously, there's larger ways of doing that and bigger productions. But uh, that's basically it, really. I went out and bought a camera. Um, it was a... Uh, and the, one of the very, very first POV cameras that you would put on a helmet, you know, if it was for skiing. And um, I thought, well, I'm just going to start riding out with this and start telling my stories of riding out, you know. And uh, a, a, a colleague uh, of mine um, mentioned me to a, a, a school friend, a guy called Sam Fleet, who is our, um, you know, who's, who's one of my business partners in, in Equine Productions. And uh, he, uh, we, we met and we chatted and he said there was another, another guy involved and who was, who was actually a, a filmmaker in himself, uh, Dave James, who is, uh, who's our creative director and CEO at uh, Equine Productions. And um, once the three of us got together and we started sharing ideas of our love of filmmaking and then the sport, um, that was it then. We, we, we were good, you know, we were going to go on this path and, and we had lots of... Um, you know, lots of obstacles to get over. A lot of people saying like, so why are you filming? What are you going to do? You're going to film horses and put it on the internet. And people thought that was a bit of a, uh, a bizarre idea. And we, but we could see this footfall coming, you know, we could see it was going to be shared on devices and on the internet, you know, and, and YouTube and, and Facebook was, was, was starting to integrate video. So we could see that there was this uh, platform of getting information out there. And we could see if we shoot and film this stuff in a cool way, you know, there's an audience there. Yeah, and um, there certainly is. And it's interesting that like so many of the world's best and well-known content creators, it all starts with one person or two people with an idea. And, you know, not everything is always uh, super planned out and, and thought out to the nth degree. But what the, uh, especially YouTube, TikTok, Instagram uh, generation has given us is, is a chance for people to create stuff off their own back and with limited resources and equipment. And um, I think you referenced TikTok earlier, um, just getting away from racing for two seconds. But you know, the reason this is popular is because everyone has a phone. You don't need to have mega high production values. If you want to invest in that, you certainly can. Um, but within minutes, we can all create stuff that someone else wants to watch. 
you know, which is where the home video died years ago, and now it's uh, an everyone video. And um, yeah, look, you guys uh, do a wonderful job. Um, what, uh, just on the, the EP note, um, we're going to get into Jockey Cam in a second, but just on the EP note, what's been, you know, it's a very broad question, but what's been the most memorable piece of work or content that you've created in, in your time at EP? Because I know that you personally have, have got some uh, attachments to various horses that you used to ride out for. I know you've done videos on many clouds and others, and, but you've also been all over the world, right? <laughs> you've shot everywhere and created stuff everywhere. So is there a memorable piece that stands out or one you're most proud of? There is. I mean, you know, obviously it is a broad question, uh, Ollie. You know, it's, um, you know, we're proud of a lot of the stuff that, we, well, well, everything we do, but, um, you know, some stuff kind of stands out more than others. You know, and, uh, you know, there was that moment you just mentioned many clouds, you know, there was a very favourable moment where I'm, you know, sat on a New York street and I'm on the phone to Oliver Sherwood saying we've won. Um, you know, we'd won an award in New York and I'm, he's the first person I rang, you know, because it was, it was, you know, we managed to take this story of many clouds in New York and, and, and share that story with a load of people that wouldn't have a clue what even the Grand National is. You know, you'd be surprised that uh, even though there's 600 million people watch that race across the world, there's still a lot of people have no idea what that race is. And uh, it was great to show that. But um, the one that sticks out more than anything, and, um, and, and it's kind of like, if you said there was, what's the key thing to Equine Productions? The, the key is, is, is to try and show, you know, horse racing or, or, the, or the horse in itself in a different way to how, um, you know, how other people have been filming, you know, horses around, around the world. And we, we wanted to try and bring something new and, and put everybody, you know, next to the horse or make it feel what it feels like to actually ride a horse. Because everybody can relate to other sports. It's, you know, that we, we can do that, you know, not every sport, but most sports. And um, one thing we wanted to do was, was, was put, the, you know, put the viewer right next to the horse. And there's a, horse, um, there's a film called Horsepower that we made for, um, for the jockey club to promote the start of the flat season. And um, the brief was, there's an Audi advert. <laughs> How do we make that Audi advert look like horse racing? That was the brief. And um, it, many people might be able to find this uh, this older Audi advert, but um, it was about the Audi R8, and it was on a treadmill. And um, as this Audi is, uh, you know, revving its engine, uh, the camera is panning over towards the, you know, the wheels and then the engine. You're getting the feel of what this actual machine feels like, you know, the sound and everything. So uh, Dave James and I were like, right, okay, how do we do this? Do we put a horse on a treadmill? And we, you know, we have a camera on the treadmill, but the treadmills are kind of like ugly and a bit noisy. And we wanted to put the horse in, in its most natural environment, and um, and to do that, you know, we had to have it on a on a grass gallop, galloping full full speed. But you know, how do we capture that, and and how do we make that exciting? And we wanted to do it in one shot, so there was no no cut, so it all done in one take. And to do that is very very hard in everything. Never mind working with a human and an animal at the same time. So um, you know, we uh, we decided to use a. Uh, a device called a Russian arm and it's um it's a it's a it's basically a car with a big crane on it and the end of that crane is a is a camera but we had to find the right horse the right gallop the right rider you know the right everything that to you know be perfect and we only had like four goals at this to get this get this one shot and um you know it was uh, we hired the guys in from uh, Bickers who had been working on the Bond movie so it's this big Mercedes 
uh, you know, a car with a crane on the top of it. And we're thinking, you know, well, we, have we got the right horse? Is he going to be fine? We know with this crane and, and he was as good as gold. And, um, you know, he, he, he took to it like we thought he would, because I've been working around this horse for quite some time. He was a horse from Warren Greatrexes. And, um, you know, what was great about that was we managed to get the shot, but we also managed to do something else. We, we put mics all the way around the horse. So you were, we were capturing the sound of his hooves, you know, you know, his, his legs hitting the ground, you know, the, the sound of the breathing and, and, and him accelerating. And, and that was one thing that, that, that was, there was a key thing to that. You know, if you actually watch that clip and, uh, and, and you know, put earphones on, you, you'll, you'll get a real sensation of what it, what it feels like to be next to a thoroughbred. And um, when we put that out, a lot of people were like, how did you get that shot? Which was kind of the like key thing to do. And uh, lucky enough, we uh, did a behind the scenes, um, you know, shoot of, of how that all worked. And um, that, that did pretty much better than the, uh, the actual advert itself, which was, which was great. That's pretty cool. I think what we'll try and do if we can is we'll try and find the, uh, the link to that and put that in the show notes. So if anyone's uh, watching, they can actually, uh, sorry, listening, they can, or watching now, um, can, can have a look at that themselves. Um, Becky has gathered in a few questions from the youth of today. Um, that's her natural habitat uh, <laughs> and environment. And so I'm just going to let Becky fire one of these questions at you right now. Go ahead, Rebecca. Yeah, so you mentioned before um, how equine production sort of started out with you riding out with a camera on your helmet. Um, so the next question is about the jockey cam which for those who don't know is a mini camera which can be attached to a jockey's helmet to give a view from like the jockey's perspective. Um, the people want to know um, what the process was to creating this bit of tech. It was um, a very long and very painful process, uh, Rebecca, like all things um, to go through um, safety testing and logistics and you know, governing bodies all that sort of stuff. However, you know, what it's done is that, um, that whole process, um, uh, became the, you know, became jockey cam, which is, you know, used around the world now, which is fantastic because all, all governing bodies, you know, around the world, you know, here in America, Australia, Hong Kong, you know, France, they've, they, they've taken on board that, that this camera is safe for a rider to wear, you know, in jump racing, a rider will have a fall one in eight rides. So, you know, it's all good and well, um, you know, we, we know many head cameras, you know, around the world that you can go and buy in any shop. However, you know, is that, is that device safe to wear? And, um, and that's what's key to this, uh, you know, this camera. It was um, designed for the jockey in mind. You know, it was designed with jockeys. You know, where was it going to go? How is it going to fit on the helmet? You know, is it going to get in the way? Um, you know, even things like we were thinking, like, you know, is it going to spoil the wind picture? You know, think little things like that. All these things that people don't really think about, and uh, and it was um, it was a, it was a long process. But we worked with the BHA. Um, we worked with Dr. Jerry Hill, who's the you know chief medical officer at the BHA. Noel Feely was a huge part in this as well. Uh, who's a retired retired jockey now, but um, at the time he, we worked with Noel, and um, he was great in, in helping us kind of design it where he thought it would it would go and how it would fit. Will Kennedy was another 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 chap that was uh, another jockey who was still riding. And that uh, helped us get it out there, but um, like I say, it was um, it was important that it fitted right, and it was important that it was safe to wear. So you know, if if these guys do have a fall, it's um, they they they've no issue with wearing it, and we, and we feel uh, we feel that we've done our due diligence to make sure that that thing's safe. Yeah. So um, we did see recently. So jockey cam, you know, from uh, for those of us that, are, that work in this 
sport and you know get to see bits and pieces quite often um it's been around for a little while now and has been used to varying degrees uh in uk racing uh, before we get on to the uk um just recently i think i saw at the breeders cup uh, this year that jockey cam has probably used more than i'd seen it in recent years um how and why do you think nathan that they've been quicker or more enthusiastic about embracing the the jockey cam out there is that to do with uh the sort of the profile of the broadcaster or is it down to what the audience want or, or what, what would you say is the reason for it being so seemingly well received so far I think it's just down to interpretation and, um, you know, the, um, the the director at the time who's working on the, you know, whether it be ITV, you know, NBC, Channel 10 down in Australia, you know, in Hong Kong or wherever it is, it's down to the, down to the storyteller, really. They're trying to tell the story of the race. And, um, you know, I've had many arguments with a, well, not argument, but a discussion with the director saying, you know, it'd be a good idea to do this, that, and the other. Um, but it's, it, you know, they're the director and they're the person that's, uh, that's using, you know, using it. However, you know, uh, the great thing about what NBC did this year was, um, you know, we, we loaded the race races with two live jockey cams because, you know, it has two elements really, you know, it can be a recorded device where it's out there and we can, we can put lots of recorded cameras out there and capture it. And then it can be used for social media or, you know, whatever it is afterwards. Well, capturing it live, what that does is, is um, it gives the, uh, you know, the production team on the, t- on, the, on the day, whether it be ITV, NBC, the chance to record it as it's happening and then use it immediately. You know, they've got to wait for the jockey to come in and get the, card, you know, the SD card out of it and all that sort of stuff. So they can use it immediately. But what's great about that as well is they can cut to it live if they want to you know, walking into the stalls or breaking from the stalls or, you know, down the back straight and cut to something that's happening. Um, Now, many, you know, production companies will say, well, the audience wants to see the whole of the horses, you know, all the group of the horses because they want to see where their horse is. And I I, I can't argue with that. You know, there are many audiences that want to see that. However, you know, we have so many different channels we can watch horse racing on. So it's up to us as a, you know, as, as a content creator to, to decide what to give the audience. Do you know what I mean? You know, we never see all the, the whole uh, race of, um, you know, Formula One or, you know, we don't always see the whole pitch in football. It does cut to, you know, certain parts of it. Um, I agree, you know, a five furlong race is only a minute long. So you only get that, you know, one little goal to do it. But there are chances to, to cut to jockey cam and, and tell a story. So it's, it's down to the bravery, really, of the, of the director and, um, and the production company and, and, and what brief they've been given, you know, by, by the, the powers that be. So I can't, you know, have a go at any of those uh, directors that are doing it. But um, it, it was great when we first went to the Melbourne Cup last year. Um, the director was from, um, you know, from Motorsport he immediately cut to the jockey cam as it came out the stalls. And I asked him why, and he went, because it's the best shot. Because you see all the horses come out the gate and they all funnel into a, you know, into a, you know, into a line. That is, for me, is that's the best camera angle to show what's happening. And, um, you know, and I completely agree with him. I mean, obviously I'm going to be biased because I want jockey cam to be used a lot, but there's other ways of using it, picture in picture. You know, you have jockey cam in the top left corner or whatever it may be. And, um, you know, so there's, there's many chances to use it. And, and the point of it is, and this is, and then probably sometimes this gets lost is, you know, we're trying to put the audience somewhere where they wouldn't normally see this view from. So that's the key to jockey cam really. And 
you know, it's not a new thing. Like you said, Ollie, it's been around a while, but it was being used in the 90s, you know, jockey cam. Um, it's just that, um, or a, a camera on a, um, you know, on a rider in a race. But the trouble was it was, it was so big and so heavy that it was very hard to get on the rider, whereas this thing's, uh, you know, less than half a pound and, um, you know, as a, as a live unit and, um, and, you know, the jockeys are very happy to wear it. And, uh, and this can only improve, and which is what we're all constantly working on. We're going to, you know, work on better, uh, better angles and, and start adding tech into it. One thing I would say is that I, I think that you're right. I think the, the, the starting gate is a great chance to use it. Most people, okay, they might want to see the immediate jump, but then there's that kind of split second or two, three seconds where, let's be honest, they're all settling into a pattern. So, you know, from the betting point of view, where's my horse? Well, you know, it's two seconds into the race. That's, if you want to analyze it afterwards, great. But I also think, you know, there, there's a number of races to me, especially at Cheltenham, uh, coming up the hill where, you know, one's pulled away, he's not getting caught. How brilliant would it be to cut to the cam and see the view from the jockey coming up the hill with the crowd going ballistic, the mud flying everywhere. As you say, the noise, the, you know, we can get into this a little bit, but the, the one thing that you don't get on TV that standing on the rail gives you is, is the noise. And the noise equals the power and the speed and all of that. And it's the same with any sport when you go live. The sounds are completely different. Go and watch a tennis match and you hear the way the balls hit. is way different to the clonk or donk you hear on a TV screen. And I think that, that it's that kind of creative use of like, okay, either maybe the race is done, but let's, let's show the, the coming in. Let's, let's use it to, to celebrate almost, you know, the horse crossing the line or... Or, you know, even if there's a bunch in the middle and you see someone tussling, it's like if you could cut just for that two or three seconds to see how someone gets out of a squeeze. I think that's, for me, that, that, as, a, as a watcher of sport, that's kind of what I think, you know, especially for festivals where I've got five, four, five, sorry, four days of Cheltenham and I'm watching every race. I'm in the pub watching the races, you know, it's, a, it's an all-consuming week. Something different thrown in, I think, would, would add a lot to the story. Um, yeah, so it certainly does, and, and and I agree with what you're saying there. Uh, you know, like you know, we watch, you know, we watch or consume sport in many different ways, and um, you know, adding those layers is very, very important. I think to uh, to telling the story of sport. You know, when I take a race goer for the first time, you mentioned it a minute ago, take him down to the rail or down to the last fence or hurdle, and I stand back and watch their reaction as those horses come galloping, and their faces change, and they're like. I had no idea how loud that was and how powerful it feels. Yeah. Yeah. Because cause when you're watching it on the TV, you've got a commentator, you know, telling the story of the race. And also it's a big wide angle. You can't see the skill of the rider or the, you know, or the equine athlete either. So, um, and I think that's important that we, um, you know, that we try and show that, but um, you know, there's many, many ways of doing this now. And we've got lots of platforms that, you know, to get this stuff out either at, on the time or afterwards, because at the Breeders' Cup, you know, we, um, we, we, we streamed the actual jockey cams live so people could watch it on their devices. So, uh, you know, Breeders' Cup were great at, uh, you know, enrolling this on, on an app saying, you know, go on our app and you can watch the jockey cam live from, from either rider. And, and it was a great way of actually engaging, engaging an audience that couldn't be there at the Breeders' Cup. So if, if anything's come out of this COVID, you know, situation, it's, um, we've probably forced certain sports into, a, into, into a, a place where they normally wouldn't go because they were just used to doing it that way. Hmm. 
Yeah. What um what technological advancements would you like to see in racing over like the next five years? Um, there's there's a couple. I mean, one I'd one I'd love to one I'd love to see is um is you know constantly trying to work on getting cameras moving. Um, one thing. The static cameras, uh, you know, tell us, you know, tell a story of the race. But um, you know, it was integrated at, um, and we've been using this at Ascot for for years. Is the big wire cam, um, yeah. you know, above, you know, for the, the for the final final couple of furlongs. Um, what that view does, it, it gives you relevance of speed and foreground, so it's passing, you know, it's moving with the horses, and you're seeing how quick they're going. So, I'd like to see that integrated more if we could. I mean, we've had the, you know, the, the cars travelling around with with the horses for you know for years, and that's and it's a, it's still a great shot. But um, you know, different angles of that, you know, lower down, and um, you know, and you know, the drones have, have started playing uh, playing their part in. Uh, in telling stories of the race, you know, things like that. So trying to just get cameras moving more, um, you know, they've been using it in, in, in Olympics recently on track and field, you know, that low camera upsides Usain Bolt as he's going flat out. I mean, and that gives you a, a real essence of speed and power. Um, and, and, and that's, and that's something I'd like to, like to probably see more of. And, uh, you know, and, um, we, we, you know, we'd like to add, start adding more cameras in there really, you know, rather than just having one jockey cam in there, you know, to tell the story of a race, you know, we have three or four, but there's a, there's a cost to that race yeah. courses, you know, putting racing on as for a production company is very, very expensive. And I don't think the audience understand that, you know, I've had many, a, a tumbling, discussion with uh with big jockeys you know in the changing room i've been talking about how you know how, how expensive it is to put jockey cam on and, and and also you know put the production on you know there's i think at the breeders cup we had 86 cameras right. uh, at the breeders cup you know it was tw uh, there was something like eight trucks you know ex broadcast trucks eight broadcast trucks uh, there you know so that's all they're all manned with people and you know, thousands of meters of cable you know all this stuff it's very expensive to put on horse racing because it's such a big arena you know so uh, it's it's not easy to put on so um i understand that there's a cost element to this but uh, but that's where we should be making ourselves a little bit more um you know uh, attractive to larger brands um you know so they they, they can you know they can come in and sponsor and add, add value to uh, what we're doing well it's interesting because other other sports i mean let's say the biggest of all of the sports football has dabbled over the years in 3D, VR, AR, you know, all sorts. Um, and a lot of it comes down to the, in my opinion, that the live, the live experience of, of the fixed cameras do the job they do and people are familiar, just, they're just familiar with that's how you watch sport. But in the replays is where the tech really seems to come in, you know, especially now with VAR and all the rest, you want to see a hundred angles to, to see why you've been ripped off yet again for a handball in the area that wasn't a handball, but I'm not bitter about it. And, um, and I think also, I think in the, in the rugby last year, I think in the Tri-Nations, they had an amazing um, piece of kit whereby as the ball was being passed along the, the, uh, the, the back line, you, they could almost stop, change the angle with the ball in, in flight to on the other side of the ball, see the defenders and then zoom around again in a 360 motion and see where everyone was at the moment they pressed pause. And, I think you're a hundred percent right. And something that we've all got to work on is how can we do this stuff uh, in a cost effective way that can be replicated over and over again? Cause I think the instances like that in the rugby were great. And afterwards everyone's saying, well, well, I want to see that again. Well, you're not going to get that in the day to day rugby and you're certainly not going to get it 
you know, just watching premiership rugby, someone has invested a lot of money to trial that for the purpose of punditry and replays afterwards. And that's to keep people watching rather than switching off. Right. And that's, that's all of our aim and same with racing league and, and any other way is to stop people switching off and going somewhere else. So I think Sky Sports Racing have done a good job with the pad analysis they do, uh, looking at sectional times and things. Well, just just quickly, because we're going to get into some of the social and we've only got about 15 minutes left, but where do you think the future is for, for tech and racing in general? I mean, camera work aside, you know, that naturally will improve like it does year on year. But from an audience perspective and getting more out of the, 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 the watching and delivering more to the audience where, where do you think the future is heading for, for tech and racing, in, in your opinion? Well, there's a number of them, really. Um, you know, like I mentioned one earlier, you know, second screen, you know, we, 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 we consume so much, um, you know, content these days. You know, think about what your second screen is going to be. You know, we watch racing on that one angle, you know, from the TV or on the big screen. You know, what, where else can we put that, you know, other information? You know, second screen stuff on mobile devices, um, you mentioned one early, you know, like, um, you know, sectional timings, you know, there's always an argument, are they, are they correct? Are they accurate? You know, it's, um, cause it's very hard. I mean, you know, the guys that do the uh, sectional timings, that, that they've been given a, um, you know, remit of what they're allowed, where they're allowed to put the device and, and that's the best place they can, they can put it. But, um, and I think the key thing you just mentioned earlier about football and possibly other sports is that, you know, they don't get pushback of wanting to change. And that's the trouble with our sport sometimes. You know, we come with ideas all the time. You know, I understand, you know, racing's been like it has been for hundreds of years. I understand that. However, you know, how do we keep telling the same story without it being mundane and boring? And I understand there's a betting angle. I really do. You know, I understand that. And that's that's where how we get our revenue. But um there are audiences out there that want to watch it for a sport. Because at the end of the day, it's a sport. You know, there's betting on every sport now, every sport. So that that betting angle is is you know is kind of um, kind of can be put aside because we can have betting on football and and, and rugby and and whatever. But um, you know, they're still striving to move forward and 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 change in positive ways. And um, you know, and and, I, and that's what I'm always trying to. Um, or we're trying to do, I'm just saying me, you know, we at Equine Productions are, are constantly trying to look at different ways of, uh, you know, moving the sport forward and, um, and, and, and putting new tech in there. So that's one thing we'd like to do with, uh, with Jockey Cam is um, start putting uh, new tech in there and uh, starting to learn from, uh, learn from these, uh, you know, the, the, this data that we can possibly get out, out of our camera as well as, um, as well as these other devices. Yeah, there's been talk on uh, Twitter about developing new tech to get a younger audience involved. I'm not sure whether you've seen um, someone, I'm not actually sure who it was, um, sort of gave everyone, put out a poll saying, um, do you think the best way to attract a younger audience would be to um, either get EA Sports to develop a horse racing game or get Netflix to do a sort of docu-series on either a jockey or a trainer's like follows them throughout the season. If you could green light one of those ideas, which one would you pick? Well, for, you know, for my own, you know, you know, my own uh, luxury of, of, of being a storyteller, it would definitely be the documentary series. And, and I think the reason why, um, 
that article came about, which was by Kevin Blake, but uh, from you know from Sky uh, Sky Sports um, at the races, I should say. Should say is um, he was asking the question, you know, the Formula One series was Drive to Survive, and I've I watched that and immediately consumed it. I was always a Formula One fan, um, you know, from the Senna days and you know Nigel Mansell days. However, it did start to get in a little little bit mundane, and because of that Formula One series, that Drive to Survive series, and I beg everybody to go and watch this because you will immediately have a, you know, an understanding of the people that are involved because it's not just the drivers and the, and the, uh, you know, the chiefs that, that run the, you know, run the, run the teams. It's the mechanics and the, all the other, all the other background staff. And we're constantly saying, I've heard it a million times. It's about the behind the scenes. It's about the morning on the gallops. It's about the horses. It's about the staff. Well, why don't we do it then? You know, we've, we as a production company have gone to many, you know, Netflix, you know, Amazons and, you know, you know, in the Apple worlds, you know what I mean? And said, you know, we should be doing this. However, there is, you know, racing is, is still, you know, not the most popular sport in the world because of what many reasons, do you know what I mean? So, you know, yes, we'd love to do that. And, um, you know, we're, we're constantly trying to strive forward to, um, to, uh, you know, tell those stories. And that's what I would do. I would make a documentary series on a yard, um, and tell the story of the of the people and the horses to the success of being a you know being a racehorse trainer or jockey or or whatever that may be because it is the behind the scenes thing the stuff that people want to want to grasp. The huge irony for me, and I know this, I know this drill, um, and I know the path you've you've trodden with Netflix, Amazon, and some of the other big um, dish broadcasters. It may not be the biggest sport in the world by the way it's not far off um because there's not really many countries in the world where you couldn't pluck anyone off the street who doesn't know what a horse race is there's plenty of places you can go in the world where they've never seen a cricket ball delivered um which is you know by the way because of, of india of course one of the the, the the most wealthy sports in terms of broadcast budget and creating docuseries and all of that Everyone in the world, give or take, knows that horses run in a line and try and run faster than the other. Lots and lots of countries have a rich heritage with horses, be it culturally, historically, etc., etc. So, for me, I mean, I don't know if you ever watched the film Palio on um, Netflix, which is a fantastic, fantastic documentary about the Palio, which you, anyone listening can can Google. But the other thing is that you know, although rules may vary and race courses may vary, etc., the sport is the same in every country. You know, it's, it's a bunch of horses running to get faster from A to B. So it's understandable and it, it is relatable. And a lot of people, most people have some story, whether their dad or their sister or their brother or someone has a racing story somewhere. He loved the races. He used to love the bookies or we watched the Grand National or we love the Derby. You know, I believe there's way more connection to the sport out there than people let on. I know there's some reasons to stay away and I know it's hard work to follow a racing yard. And quite often, I imagine there's a few trainers that don't want cameras around their yard all the time. But the truth is there's an opportunity out there and I think it's for us who work in the industry to try and push that opportunity because you're 100% right. I want to see, see what happens when, the, when the, the traveling head guys and girls are getting back at midnight, having not eaten, and the horse is being put away. And then they've got to get up the next day at five. And you know what? The horse has finished seventh of eight. 
having gone a you know a 700 mile round trip from Lingfield to Newcastle or something. I mean, this is the this is what happens day to day, and I think this is what you know. This is the human side that your 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 diehard punters might not care about, but I could sit my mum to watch that, and, and she would be fascinated, absolutely fascinated, and it would move us all on a level. Um, well, you just, you just mentioned you mentioned that word connection. Ollie, yeah. and that's and that's the that's the trouble. If if someone can't relate to us racing, why would they watch us? And that's that's the key. It's getting it's getting a hook into them, and that's and that's you know I won't go into you know like, like what Rishi Prasad was saying you know last week in his you know in his, in his interview is is how do we become more attractive and, and and you know broaden our horizons? You know what I mean? So people will 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 come to us, or even even better, go to them. Do you know what I mean? You know, there's been many ideas of, of, of trying to put racing on, you know, differently. And, and, you know, I'm up for trying anything, really. Honestly, you know, as long as it's safe for the, you know, for the athletes, um, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the key thing. Um, and, and it's finding that connection, really. And, that, you know, that's the reason why I'm in it. You know, that's the reason why I'm not filming surfers and skateboarders. I'm filming horses because I love them. You know what I mean? And I love horse racing. Well, um we've actually been going for 40 odd minutes we could talk about this stuff all day as ever and you and i have spoken about it all day and night in some places not to make any mentions towards that um but before you do go and uh have a look at the surf because i'm sure that's probably on your mind um becky's going to challenge you with the nine questions that all of our guests get and you know this is a big thing now for your racing future just think carefully how you answer these <laughs> are you ready Ready. Okay, first question. Cheltenham or Ascot? Cheltenham. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Dogs or cats? Dogs, all day long, dogs. My wife's a cat lover. <laughs> yeah, dogs. City or countryside? Countryside. Sunset or sunrise? Oh, you've, well, that's a hard one. Uh, sunset. Bar or pub? Pub. Red or white wine? White. Red gives me the worst head in the world. I agree. <laughs> uh, football or rugby? Football. And final question, sprinters or stayers? Stayers. Still not had one person stand uh, I was literally about to say that. Not one person has, has stood up for those speed guys yeah i mean goodness me it's well extraordinary. i think i think it's that i think it's that thing of um empathy right i think that's you know it, it look it's done in you know it's done in less than a minute you know it's and that's that thing you know a stayer you know it's that gladiatorial thing that we're all attracted to aren't we you know we're we're always attracted to that in any way shape or form yes i love speed and you know watching a sprinter and being on the back of a sprinter i remember riding my first of a five furlong race and it was terrifying um, you know the speed and the and the lack of time, you know that those guys make, and that's something that you know jockey cam has hopefully helped, you know show is, uh, you know the skill set of, of of what those guys see in those sprint races because they are winging along, yeah. But um, you know we're all attracted to that uh, to that thing of uh, you know the battle. Yeah, and um, talking of the battle. Um, it's almost coming to the end of our little chat. Um, Nay, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for getting up early. Um, we will endeavour to share all of uh, Jockey Cam and EP's exploits. And 
um, hopefully as Racing League develops, we can bring in some new tech of our own and uh, provide a slightly different show to the one that people are used to watching. And uh, just for the sake of this podcast, there are sprinters and stayers on show in the Racing League, so <laughs> you don't have to choose your favourite. Um, Becky, I'll see you uh, on this podcast next week. Uh, Nathan, I no doubt I will speak to you in the coming weeks. And uh, hopefully when you come back, we can meet up and we won't all be locked down and we can in share a white wine or two in the pub. Thanks, guys. All right. See you later.